0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time.
1: Time for another episode of Locked
0: On Kings. Obviously, it's been a very strange season and a half for NBA players, fans, coaches, front offices, but what about broadcasters? On today's Locked On Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by a broadcaster who has been calling Kings games since they first came to Sacramento. Gary Gerald joins me to talk about this season as a whole. We'll go in-depth on how strange it was to broadcast remotely for half the season, broadcast in empty arenas. Plus, we'll talk about the emergence of De'Aaron Fox, the decision to retain Luke Walton. And expectations for next season and this offseason, it's all for you on today's episode of the Locked On Kings Podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Mikalab Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Year coming up later in the episode. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. And G-Man has been a hero of mine growing up. I listened to his broadcast both on TV and mainly on radio as a kid. So to be able to call him a colleague, a friend, and to have him back here on the Locked On Kings podcast is a real treat. Our conversation is going to dominate the podcast today. I think you're going to like all the different subjects that we cover if you want to respond to anything we talk about, please do so. You can reach me on Twitter at Matt George Radio, or you can email me, at sacklocalmedia.com. But without any further ado, here is my conversation with the legendary G-Man, Gary Gerald. It is always a pleasure to be joined by the G-Man, legendary radio broadcaster for the Sacramento Kings, Gary Gerald, back here on the Locked on Kings podcast with me. I couldn't be more excited. And G-Man just wrapped up probably, I'm guessing, the most unique season ever as a professional sports and NBA broadcaster. Gee, welcome into Locked On Kings, my friend. I hope you are recovering, I guess, from the year that we've uh, all had to, I guess, endure, but also enjoy.
1: It was an adventure, wasn't it? It's like climbing on one of those roller coasters and you're not real sure the first time just what you're going to get and how it's going to impact your body in one thing or another, but... uh, It was a crazy, crazy ride this season, no question.
0: So you didn't have the normal, I guess, rigorous travel schedule that that you would have in a normal circumstances flying with the team and, and going from arena to arena. So I guess that weighed less heavily on you, but I know you G I know how much you love your job. I know how much you love the travel being there in person. You're, you're very much like me in that regard, wanting to be at the event versus miles away. And I imagine it was, it, it took a lot of getting used to calling and doing a radio broadcast off of a massive screen in the golden one center for a game that could be on the other side of the country.
1: Well, you're absolutely right. And it it was, it was a challenge that, uh, you know every it seemed like every night that you had a ball game uh, you run, you might run into some type of complication or something that you hadn't encountered before and even over the course of a condensed 72 game season and a handful of preseason games i think there were four of those um, yes a comfort zone finally evolved but the challenge was always unlike anything that i'd experienced in the 35 previous years of doing kings basketball And it, and it wasn't, it wasn't just me. It was any local broadcaster because nobody traveled. All the local broadcasters did all the games on a remote basis. And the, the challenges in doing that, as I'm sure you're well aware, uh, you're, you're kind of held hostage by what you're seeing from someone's television feed, either your own team's television feed or the opponent's feed. And frequently uh, you know, you come out of commercial breaks, and they're showing a series of replays, and you've got to determine whether or not it is in fact a replay, or if play had already started, and you're trying to to figure out exactly where you know the ball's being put in play, who's on the floor, if there've been substitutions. Uh, we did have the luxury of adding one smaller monitor that ha- was locked on a wide shot of the arena, so that at least you got an idea of where people were and where the ball would be put in play and things like that. But it was just, it was totally unique. And it was uh, unlike anything that I have ever encountered. And I don't think I'm alone in that respect. And I found it fascinating that even through the early playoff activity that we're watching now on a daily basis, virtually all of the time, the broadcasters are at a remote location and they're not on site at the arena. And one of the things, Matt, that that was so frustrating to me, not relating to the content of the broadcast, but was just the fact that for an entire season, there was no direct face-to-face interaction between yourself and the coaches, the coaching staff, the players. And, and that's, that's the thing that I think made it perhaps the most difficult. And to this to this day, I mean, I still haven't had an opportunity to say hello face-to-face to Monty McNair, the new general manager of the Kings. I haven't had a chance to say hello face-to-face to Mo Harkless and Terrence Davis and Damian Jones and Chemezi Metu and Delon Wright. Uh, just crazy in that sense. Yeah. Just crazy.
0: It takes a lot of the human element of of the game away, I imagine, too, because one of my favorite things to talk to people who ask me even in my limited capacity hey what's it like to work with NBA players or professional athletes or talk to them or interact with them and one of the first things I tell people is they're human beings first and foremost and and some of the best conversations and interactions you'll have with them will be outside or away from the game itself when you talk about interests outside of the game or things like that and I know for a radio broadcast where it's so important for you to not just explain what's going on but paint paint the picture for everybody and provide that extra context or information that that fans or listeners may not have when you don't have that element of interaction with the new general manager or with the players, opportunities where I know you, G, I know you like to before and after games go down to the locker room and, and talk to the players after games and get that important context and interaction that you wouldn't get anywhere else. I imagine that that takes away from your job and the storytelling element, uh, element of broadcasting an NBA season
1: yeah you don't know you know to what uh, to what extent people who listen to broadcasts how they listen and you know whether or not they become aware of some of those types of things uh, but you can't i mean we had to do it on the fly and everybody was as i say was in the same boat so you just had to find ways to adapt uh, but it's frustrating and and there's no question that's that was one of the biggest hurdles or obstacles in my mind to try to to conquer and trying to do your job to the very best of your capability. So that being said, it's still, I mean, blessed to have the opportunity and I don't ever want to be construed as, as, you know, whining and moaning about it because it's, it's still just, you know, it's a very unique group that's allowed that chance. And, you know, when you've got people Surrounding you, you know, a Deuce Mason, uh, people like yourself, Jason Ross, Henry Turner, uh, our engineer, uh, RJ Ducento. I mean, it just, you all work together in a way to try to put the best product you can on the air. And, and, and that's, you know, gratifying in that sense, but it certainly was different, no question.
0: Quick pause here from my conversation with the G-Man. Still so much more great stuff to come, and I'm going to allude to some of that conversation with this Michelob Ultra Player of the Year award that I am giving out, and it goes to De'Aaron Fox. No surprise there. De'Aaron emerged as the star here in Sacramento this year, proved that he could put the team on his back. You're going to hear G-Man and I talk about that a lot more in just a little bit but the Michelob Ultra player of the year for your Sacramento Kings is De'Aaron Fox the aggressiveness that he plays with how he attacks the basket multiple 30 and 40 point performances multiple player of the week awards even though there weren't fans in attendance to witness most of what De'Aaron did this season and even though unfortunately his season ended with him getting COVID and not playing Fox brought joy to Kings fans who finally got a glimpse of how good he can be getting an idea of what the Sacramento Kings will be going forward with him as their leader. And I tell you what, it brings me happiness knowing that the contract is already signed, that De'Aaron Fox is under contract for the next five years with the Sacramento Kings, and that contract begins starting next season, not this past season. It's always enjoyable to watch De'Aaron Fox play, to watch his growth over his career here so far in Sacramento, and it'll be even more of an enjoyment to watch him finally in the playoffs, hopefully for the Sacramento Kings here in the near future. It's been a tough journey for Fox to get to where he's at, and it's going to be an even more difficult journey for him to actually make the playoffs, but like Michelob Ultra, the journey is only worth it if you enjoy it. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. And enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. It's about loving what you do and letting that love translate into something good like De'Aaron Fox's stats and a fresh Michelob Ultra. De'Aaron Fox is your Michelob Ultra Player of the Year. Just a reminder, the NBA playoffs are roaring on even if the Sacramento Kings aren't involved for the 15th straight season. And you can check out the great coverage of the NBA playoffs on Locked on NBA and with all of our local hosts covering NBA teams. It's part of our Road to the Finals coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Now back to my conversation with the G-Man one thing that i thought was really interesting in the broadcast i guess format for this year for both tv and uh for radio is is the integration of crowd noise and that was something that I just never got used to this year, G, was being inside the Golden 1 Center when it was empty with pumped-in crowd noise because I am a child of the Sacramento Kings in the sense that I grew up with the arena being loud, that extra Sacramento Kings sixth-man presence being what it is, even if the team has struggled for as long as they have. Uh, and the just sitting in an empty arena – experiencing game winners or massive shots, massive moments for Tyrese Halliburton. You can go back to the Kyle Guy game winner all the way back in preseason, and having pumped in crowd noise instead of actual human reaction, that pop, uh, was just something that I will never be comfortable with. And I wanted to ask you about the transition at the end of the season, even just allowing a couple thousand people inside the golden one center. What was it like for you finally broadcasting a game with actual fans in attendance?
1: Well, it seemed to me that having, I mean, you love the fact that there were fans back in and they could share the experience and they did in fact provide an energy that hadn't been there before. No question. I don't know how much, if there were still, uh, crowd noise added on top of those fans that were in the building or not. But it was it was like, okay, we're taking a big step here. We're getting closer to a sense of normalcy and what we've experienced as reality in all the previous years. And now, I mean, I'm absolutely loving the fact that you're seeing Madison Square Garden with 16,000 people yeah. and other arenas now you know lifting those restrictions and seeing more and more fans in there. Because you can't, you can't fake that energy. You know that. And, and that was so, so strange. And the hardest thing to get used to initially, you're setting, as you say, in an empty golden one center. It's a magnificent facility, but it's geared for fans. And it's, it's just not anywhere near the same when you're trying to create your own energy and react to things that you're seeing on the screen as if it was in typical fashion. And that was huge because you're sitting there among the hundreds and maybe thousands of cutouts. And we, you know, it became a, a, a joking matter. Well, the cutouts are pretty stoic right now. <laughs> oh, the cutouts are really getting engaged in this one. They're, they're loving this. But it, it just, it wasn't anywhere near what we're used to. And it was just, uh, that, I, that's what made this season so extraordinarily different.
0: We've sat through far more difficult seasons in terms of win losses, the team struggling. Uh, But I've said a number of times towards the end of this season, and I still feel this way today. This is the most exhausted that I've ever been by a season. And I think it's a compilation of a number of things. It's the... Even though it was just 72 games, a lot of back-to-backs and a condensed schedule, a lot of games thrown in, one after another after another. Uh, The continued or really the significant injury issues that the team faced at the end of the season after being relatively healthy for the first, I'd say, half of the year. But to Mm -hmm. me, the ups and downs, G, of this year, the successes, I mean, winning 8 out of 9 and then losing 9 straight and then winning 8 out of 9 again and then losing 9 straight. The ups and downs of this season – I've never seen before, not just from the Kings, but from anybody, and it was... The highs and the lows, you wanted to get excited and you didn't want to get too down, but it was difficult with the stretches that the Kings were putting us through. Nights where it looked like the Kings would never lose again, followed by a week later nights where it looked like the Kings would never win again. It was just a a, a wild ride this year with the ups and downs. And you've watched NBA basketball broadcasted NBA basketball uh, for a, a very long time. Have you ever experienced not just a team, but a year of ups and downs like this?
1: No, no, nothing, nothing along those lines. And I've got some permanent creases or dents here on the side of my head from scratching my head so many different times over the course of the season. Because you're right. I mean, and I think it was a byproduct of of a lot of the implications from coming out of the bubble that the NBA was just did a masterful job, in my opinion, uh, in in saving the end of last season and the playoff opportunities and creating an environment that was relatively safe. From, uh, from the coronavirus. But we came into the season and everybody knew. And I, I that was one of the things that I really applauded Luke Walton. It was, we're going to share this journey. We don't know what this journey is going to entail. There are going to be complications. There are going to be challenges unlike anything any of us have ever experienced. Just the COVID testing alone. And think about the fact that some nights you might not On the road, I heard the coaches talking about you get in the hotel, it's three in the morning, and yet you had to be up at seven for the daily COVID testing. Just factor that into the fatigue factor and so many different things that would impact the season and make it unusual. And I think that's why that we saw multiple times this year lopsided blowouts that I think you could probably attribute to the fact that it was related to the virus the fact that there's virtually no practice time over the entire season. And when you've got young players and you've got a a Tyrese Halliburton on your roster and you want to find time for others like a Justin James or a Robert Woodard and some of those on the Kings roster, you just didn't have those opportunities. And that made the challenge so difficult, but it wasn't just a Sacramento challenge. It was a challenge for every team in the NBA but in terms of the roller coaster ride that we alluded to earlier and and you pointed out some of the numbers when you have those extended losing streaks and you're wondering will this team be capable of getting out of this will they ever win again and then they turn around and they string together great performances and it fosters hope and fans you know everybody wants you want to win you want to have success and nobody wants to have winning success more than the coaching staff and the players and it's it's just an amazing type of a ride this year that was unlike anything I've ever experienced. And I, you know, who knows what next season is going to bring. I know that they're going to try to get back toward more normalcy. I, it looks like we're going to be able to have, you know, more fans. Don't know if it'll be full capacity or not. Still don't know exactly when the season is going to start. Will it be, in fact, a full 82-game schedule? Will training camps open, you know, late? Uh, September as they normally do, or will things be prolonged? So a lot of things yet to be determined, Matt. A lot of things that we still don't know about as we look ahead.
0: Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You've heard me talk about Built Bars time and time again, how delicious they are, how healthy they are for you. I love Built Bar because every once in a while they'll send us a surprise box with new things to try, but Built Bar, they know me well. They always make sure to sneak in a couple mint brownies in whatever box they send me. Mint brownies, one of the nine delicious flavors that Built Bar has, plus they have the occasional limited time flavors that go really, really quickly. Those nine OG flavors are coconut coconut almond cherry raspberry mint brownie peanut butter brownie double chocolate and salted caramel and if you don't have a favorite you need to pick one and you can try all nine of them in their mixed flavor box where you get two of each of those nine flavors most of those flavors have 17 grams of protein only 130 calories only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs Go to builtbar.com right now and you can order a box and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Also, I want to help you make some money here. During these NBA playoffs, I want to help you make money all year long, and you can do so on betonline.ag. But it's not my advice that you need to listen to. We have a show here on the Locked On Podcast Network called Locked On Bets. It's a free resource that'll help you make money on bet online. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action with baseball season in full swing, the NBA playoffs going on, uh, golf, soccer you name it. You can track all the action at bet online and make money off of all the these games get all the latest news odds and info for your sporting needs including the MLB NBA NHL NFL your UFC MMA action before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information also make sure you check out some of the fun side and prop bets that they have during these NBA playoffs there's some fun stuff in there that you can cash in on Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. All one word for that 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You said something there that I want to go a little bit deeper on. You were talking about practice time and... There were a lot of criticisms thrown the way of Luke Walton, and, and I understood some of them. Others, I, I questioned, just not knowing what it was like that Luke Walton was going through. Uh, but he brought up practice time a number of times, and he brought it up in a way that I think a lot of fans interpreted as an excuse but I didn't, I didn't get that feeling from Coach Walton when he was talking about, man, the lack of practice time, us trying to overcome it. Because he mentioned multiple times, look, this isn't just a problem to us. This is what every team's trying to get through. But the difference between a lot of other teams and us is they've been together for a while. We have a young core. We're trying to figure things out. A lot of new faces, especially after the the trade deadline. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, in, in your mind, G, where is the line drawn there between a legitimate, like... Point that Luke Walton is making and an excuse because I feel like it was more of a legitimate point from Luke saying, Look, we did not have the time to really get together and work on the things we wanted to work on in practice. And then one of the things he brought up in his postseason press conference that I thought was very interesting that I hadn't thought about, and I went back and even double checked, he mentioned the few games that the Kings had after practice days they came out and they executed and they played well and i remember the 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 stretch of extra practice days they got when the two memphis games were postponed earlier in the season the kings came out of that and i believe that was the start of one, in, one of their winning streaks so he has a good point there
1: absolutely and I, and that was that was exactly what i was going to mention and you were setting up the the question about that is that in those handful of instances where you had an extra day when you could get a day on the practice floor. And in a couple of instances, rare, where you had two days between games. And usually one of those would be a rest and recovery type day. And then the second day, you get on the floor and practice. And the team responded, I thought, very, very nicely. And so I understand the frustration of fans. I get frustrated when the team's not playing well, when they're making bonehead mistakes. But a couple of things that I looked at, when you came out of timeouts, More often than not, the Kings executed fairly well in a designed sequence of plays or a designated type of play coming directly out of the timeout. I always took that as an encouraging sign. I also took the fact that down toward the end of the season, when you get down and you realize in those last handful of games that, okay, the play-in opportunity is really kind of a, a distant goal and still a hope, And then the realization that, well, it's not going to happen. The guys continued to play hard. And you didn't hear, at least publicly, to my awareness, you didn't hear players grumbling about, you know, the coaching staff or one thing or another. And since the end of the season, we've heard, you know, good, strong endorsements for Luke Walton and the coaching staff from folks like De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton and others. And I, I think that that's a real good indicator that the guys enjoy playing for Luke and his coaching staff. And I'm encouraged by that, Matt. The Western Conference is tough. There are always hurdles. And you mentioned the fact that for the the bulk, the first two-thirds of the season, there were minimal injury concerns for the Kings. But, of course, at the end of the season, when you didn't have any of your normal starting five available, thank goodness – that some of those transactions were made by Monty McNair that brought Mo Harkless and Terrence Davis and Dylan Wright into the mix. And they got opportunities to play a lot more minutes than they probably uh, would have ever anticipated. And it, it was encouraging from that standpoint. So a long I, I don't mean to be so long winded in responding to this, but I, I think that there are pieces in play and we all know that you know this roster probably is going to have a different look going into training camp if it's September, October, whenever that is than, than what we're seeing right now. And there are huge challenges for McNair in the front office because you've got to juggle salary caps. You've got to consider that teams have hemorrhaged money over the last year and a half yes. because they didn't have fans. Just the fact that somehow we still had a game to watch and enjoy is remarkable in my mind. And when you're a small market team and you can't generate the revenue, that's a huge, huge hit. But what's going to happen now in terms of, will Rashawn Holmes be on the roster when the season resumes? Will Buddy Heal be there? Will you know uh, Harrison Barnes be along? What other kind of changes and how could you make effective changes when you're somewhat handcuffed because of financial obligations? so many things that are going to play out over the course of the summer that we're all going to be, you know, interested in and fascinated by the results. So it's a it's a pretty interesting ride that this team is taking. And yes, I know I'm as tired as anyone of the fact that it's been 15 years now since this team has had a playoff opportunity. I frankly myself this year I really enjoyed the play-in aspect. I thought it created much more interest in the final weeks of the season for not only the Kings, but so many other teams in both conferences. I hope it becomes a regular staple, and I think it probably will in the NBA.
0: I certainly hope so, too. I thought it was interesting that the really the only teams complaining about it were the teams that suddenly found themselves in that sixth or seventh and eighth <laughs> area, and they're trying to fight off the other two teams. But I also thought it made it really interesting, too. You talk about the the teams in the Kings situation trying to get into those nine and ten spots, but it also makes spots six and five tremendously more important. And we saw a race at the end of the season where teams that would normally maybe shut it down for the last week actually had to keep playing. The Los Angeles Lakers had to battle to the very end, and they Still ended up in the play-in picture. Same thing with the Golden State Warriors. So I thought uh, there was a, a big benefit there. But you alluded to the amount of questions that the Sacramento Kings have to ask and answer this offseason. I give the team a lot of credit in the sense that they didn't drag one question out. Immediately, they, they made the announcement or the commitment to to Luke Walton going forward. And I commend the team doing that, removing that, that I guess, shadow of doubt and just mm-hmm. making that commitment. Now, uh, Monty McNair said that he believes Luke Walton is going to be the head coach to lead this team to the playoffs. I don't know if I'm 100% ready to believe that. It's one of those believe it when I see it kind of things, G. But I've seen the revolving door of head coaches that have come through this organization since Rick Adelman was unfortunately fired. And congratulations, of course, to Adelman for being named to the Hall of Fame. But Luke Walton is head coach number 10 since Rick Adelman uh, w- was fired back in, in 2006 or after that 2006 season. And I think there's something really important to having some stability and, and having a consistent uh Head coach and coaching staff and system that the team can can figure out and try and run. I think the amount of head coaches that have come through here that, like, if if Luke Walton had been let go and a new head coach had come in, that would have been head coach number three for De'Aaron Fox already in his career, which is crazy to think about for me. And that's happened to a, a lot of Kings here in Sacramento over the last ten years. So I wanted to get your opinion on some some I guess consistency at that head coach position and and the stability of Luke Walton coming back and remaining at least for one more year, the benefits of that?
1: Well, it's very simple in my mind. I mean, you mentioned the numbers and all the, you know, the revolving door and the different coaching staff since Adelman uh, was, uh, was released. Um, how's that worked out? Sacramento, not real. Well, yeah. <laughs> have been to the playoffs in those 15 years. So I think that's part of the, part of the answer right there. It's just, it's that simple. So I don't think there's a lot to be gained by, you know, just changing up the mix and and one thing or another. And I don't know how much the financial aspect impacts whether or not, you know, when the decision was made to retain Luke. Uh, I'm just, I'm happy that he's back. I, I like Luke Walton. He is a terrific individual. He doesn't dodge your questions. He doesn't try to create excuses. He's very direct in his approach. And sure, over a long period of time, if you're not if you're not winning on a consistent basis, you say, oh, it's the same old story in one thing or another. Well, no, it's not. And I I just think that it's it's great to be a fan. I love fan support. But in today's today's sports world, and it's not just in sports in today's world, period, social media, everybody has a forum and. There is so much. Now, I, I get on a soapbox a little bit here, Matt, so forgive me. No problem. But I really believe that there are so many things thrown out for public consumption that are based on ignorance and not on good knowledge. Who knows the Sacramento Kings organization any better than Monty McNair, Luke Walton, his coaching staff? They know the game, they know what the long term plan is. And they're trying to do their best to make it happen. And I have always believed, and and maybe I'm totally naive, even at my age, in the years that I've enjoyed in the NBA, that it doesn't make a lick of difference what you think. You have to deal with the reality of the situation. And if Luke Walton is the coach and you don't like it, that's not going to change because you don't like it. So get on with it. Accept it. Right. I don't know. I I just I get very frustrated because I follow social media and I see, you know, things that are written and I see things that, you know, occasionally people make good, strong points. And that's terrific. But there are a lot of others who don't make good, strong points and it gets somehow in the same mix. So I I better shut my mouth right there, I guess.
0: (laughs) No, it's it's perfect because I wanted to tie that into kind of my my final question that I had for you here which is we live in a society and I'm certainly guilty of this it's a, a what have you done for me lately type of society sure. right where you are you your major judgments are on recency bias and a great example of that is is DeAaron Fox this year right now I don't think anyone's clamoring for DeAaron Fox to lose his job or be fired or or be uh, traded or anything like that by the Sacramento Kings but DeAaron was having an incredible season unfortunately gets hurt there towards the end of the year And the year ends and nobody's really talking about him, not just in Sacramento, but around the NBA landscape. And, gee, I'm watching the NBA playoffs. I'm seeing what John Morant's doing. I'm seeing what Trey Young is doing. I'm seeing what Donovan Mitchell, uh, Jason Tatum, all these guys that are around Fox's age or younger, how they're shining in these playoffs. And I'm going man, we need to get De'Aaron Fox in there. Because De'Aaron, to me, 100% proved this year, even if he didn't get an all-star selection, that he is in that mix. He belongs in that conversation. This is the first time consistency or consistently we saw De'Aaron just say, all right, team, get on my back. I'm going to lead you to the promised land here, whether it was 30- or 40-point performances, taking over, being one of the most clutch players. He actually led the NBA in clutch scoring at one point in time. De'Aaron this year absolutely made his I'm here, pay attention to me, uh, and two Western Conference Player of the Week awards weren't nearly enough uh, for the, I guess, general NBA public to take notice of De'Aaron. I I can't wait to see him, hopefully in a Kings uniform, get the opportunity to shine in the NBA playoffs because there's no doubt he'd be doing what all those names I just mentioned, if not more than what those names have mentioned. And I'm curious your thoughts on De'Aaron's growth and development throughout the course of this year and what you would imagine he would be doing in this current playoff scenario.
1: Well, you bring up an, a number of really good points there, Matt, and I, I'm a I'm a big De'Aaron Fox believer, and I'm a big De'Aaron Fox fan, and I saw a tremendous growth this year. And not so much, you know, not just the fact that, yeah, he scored 30-plus 18 times, and he scored 40 or more on three different occasions, and he had 11 double-doubles, and he averaged better than 25 points. What I saw was the fact, and, and you touched on it, he carried this team at different times, and they rode on his shoulders. And he—he's learning a very valuable lesson, in my mind, that not all players can learn or can accomplish. You can have great intentions, but you got to be able to deliver. And I think De'Aaron really did that. He was making this his team, and I'm excited for his his future. I've been excited since he joined the organization. And I think unequivocally, we have seen growth in each of his four years in the league. The thing that disappoints me is the fact that the Kings are not in the playoffs because it's a process. Teams don't just, when you get into the playoff mix, almost never do you have immediate success. You have to kind of earn your spurs because we all know playoff basketball is a whole different animal than regular season basketball. We're seeing it played out on a nightly basis. And I look at Memphis and I think, man, you you mentioned John Moran. And you look at that mix that they have there. And they're playing, you know, the team with the best record in the NBA. And they're playing them competitively. They're not going to win the series. I know that. But that's the step that you have to take. And that's where I'm disappointed that De'Aaron doesn't have that opportunity this year and Tyrese Halliburton and the rest of the Kings, because that's, that's where you start making some real gains and some real growth. And that's what we can look forward to. I remember back, you know, when the Kings first got a taste of success, when it was Mitch Richmond in the mid nineties and, you know, the opportunity to get into the playoffs and face the Seattle Sonics, who were the number one seed in the Western conference and the kings split the first two games in seattle and this city this region was just on fire the electricity was was beyond it was totally off the charts and you come back to sacramento and the kings are battling the sonics and then mitch gets hurt late in the second uh, half of the third game and your season goes Phew! well then you fast forward a few years under rick adelman and you know the battles against the utah jazz trying to get to that next second round in the playoffs. It takes time. It's a learning process. And that's the disappointment for me right now, that the Kings aren't in that position where they're taking that step. Hopefully, maybe next year it happens. And yes, we're all so tired of saying maybe next year. But what else are you going to do? Yeah. The reality is you've got a tough conference. It's loaded with talent. And you've got to make find a way. You've got to find a way to consistently be competitive. And if you're consistently competitive, you're going to win your share of games. Will it be enough to get into the playoffs? Lord, let's hope so. Because that's what we're all just chomping at the bit saying, get us there again and let that part of the learning process continue.
0: Well, G-Man, to your point, too, you brought up the Memphis Grizzlies taking on the number one team with the number one record in the NBA, the Utah Jazz. The Jazz themselves were a young team working their way up the ranks of the playoffs for a number of years before getting to this spot, and they would still say they have a ways to go and they haven't won anything yet. So you're absolutely right. It is a process. I do want to sneak in one more thing, though, about De'Aaron Fox, because I know I've seen concerns of, well, is this the best that Fox can get? Which is a crazy question in its own right, because Fox is really, really good and, of course, needs more support and help here in Sacramento. But De'Aaron's post-season press conference, the first time we had gotten to speak with him in a a very long time because of him suffering uh, COVID towards the end of the season – Uh, He talked about how difficult it is to make that leap and then have to consistently provide it. He basically said, look, if I'm not great every night, I have to be good at the absolute least. And that's where I think the next jump is for De'Aaron. We saw De'Aaron capable Mm -hmm. of great this season, but then there were also nights where he was just fine. And when he was just fine, the Kings had very low chance of winning. So now De'Aaron understands I need to be great as much as I possibly can, but on nights that I'm not great, I still have to be good, and that's where I think the leap is going to come from, De'Aaron next year, to where we'll be even more surprised uh, than we were this year.
1: I, I can't wait. I, I'm. I can't wait to see it happen because I have. I have great faith in him and his talent and what he's accomplished. Twenty-three years of age, and he's. He's still. You know, he just kind of scratching the surface in many respects, but he now where's the mantle? He is, he's the face of the Sacramento Kings franchise. And uh, I'm excited to see, you know, where, where this journey goes. And and I just look forward for the opportunity to, to be along for the ride and, and hopefully have the opportunity to be able to continue and try to describe those who, who listen on radio. And I know it's, uh, it's kind of a dying breed because every game now is available on television. And, and so Radio is still very special in many, many ways, and I love the fact that I get to do it, Matt, and I'm I'm excited about De'Aaron Fox, and I'm excited about the prospects and the possibilities for the Kings as we look ahead to season number 37 of the Kings in Sacramento.
0: Pretty crazy. Well, there's nothing better than uh, a, a G-Man radio broadcast with uh, Jason Ross and Henry Turner alongside you, my friend. And I know you'd rather be calling a uh, playoff basketball right now, but enjoy this offseason. Hopefully next year we'll be able to hear you call a playoff game. There aren't, there aren't too many people in Sacramento who deserve to see playoffs more than you, and hopefully the Kings <laughs> will be able to deliver next year. I can't wait to be able to hear. G- I, I look forward to just hearing G-Man's voice over the speaker telling me uh, the the little welcome to Golden one cent. Or as I enter and what's prohibited and what's not uh, when I'm walking into the Golden One Center for a playoff game one day, G-Man. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Matt. It's a pleasure. Truly, the pleasure is all mine. I love having G-Man here on the Locked on Kings podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Again, if there's anything you want to respond to, Please do so at Matt George Radio on Twitter. You can also reach out to G Man on Twitter at G Gerald. Let him know you listened to him here on the Locked on Kings podcast. Want to respond to some of the things we talked about? You can also email me at any time, mgeorge at If you would leave a review for this podcast, if you haven't already, best place to do that is Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Hit five stars, leave a little blurb about what you like about the podcast. Constructive criticism is fine as well, uh, or why you would encourage other listeners, whether they're Kings fans or just NBA fans, to check out. Locked On Kings. We'll have more phenomenal coverage for you, not just this week, not just this month, but all off-season long. Keep an eye out for more great guests, another Locked On NBA mock draft. If you missed yesterday's first mock draft, check that out. And of course, I can't wait to have you back tomorrow. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.